Hey everybody, this is Ray Renati, and this is my podcast, In the Green Room. And today is Tuesday, October 24th, 2017. What do you say we get this show on the road? Hey everybody. Oh my gosh, what a day. You know, I'm on my own here. This is a small operation. It's just me, my road USB microphone, and today my little MacBook Air and my iPad. Sometimes I use my big computer, but I think I'm going to start using this little one because it doesn't have a big old fan making a ton of noise. So it'll be more pleasant to your eardrums. Adobe decided to uh, upgrade Adobe Audition CC to 2018. Hey, it's not even 2018 yet. And I have been struggling with that all day. And I finally figured it out. There was this little checkbox in the preferences that caused latency. So when I was talking into the microphone, I would hear myself like two seconds later. It was driving me out of my mind. I couldn't do anything. Why would they ship a product with that in it? It has to be a mistake. I bet there will be a new update soon without that checked off. But here I am, no, the show must go on, as they say. What is going on? I saw a new musical called The Prince of Egypt. Yes, The Prince of Egypt. It's the same Prince of Egypt that was an animated film back in 1998, but now with real people dancing, singing, acting on stage. It was performed at Theater Works in Mountain View, California, which is one of the preeminent regional theaters in the United States. And a regional theater is a theater that is uh, part of the whole Tony system. They can win Tony Awards. They can be feeder companies for new musicals and new plays, which Theater Works has been for many years. Example, Memphis, the musical, which won the Tony Award for... Best musical, I don't know, what was it, three, four years ago? That was developed at TheaterWorks as part of their new works program a few years before that. And then it went up to Seattle, and then it went down to La Jolla, and then it went to Broadway, and it was a huge hit. In the cast, my friend James Monroe Iglehart, who used to talk to me, but now that he's a big star, I don't hear from him much. You know how those stars are. But that's okay. People get busy. Let's talk about the Prince of Egypt. There you go. Paper rumbling. Let's keep this thing raw today. This is the program. I'm opening the program from the Prince of Egypt. That's what you hear. Isn't that a pleasant sound? The Prince of Egypt was composed by Stephen Schwartz. That's right. The Stephen Schwartz here in Mountain View, California. The famed Stephen Schwartz, who wrote Wicked, the huge hit Wicked. Yes, you all know that one, right? You all know about that. Christian Chenoweth and uh, what's her name? Adela Nazim, <laughs> according to John Travolta. And uh, Pippin, Children of Eden, Rags. This guy's big time. Big time. Almost up there with Mr. Sondheim. And the book, book means the script. The Things That People Talk and Don't Sing was written by Philip Lazbnik. 
I don't know how to say it, Lazibnik, Philip Lazibnik. He did all kinds of stuff for television, and then he wrote the scripts for Pocahontas and Mulan for the Disney Company. So they had some heavy hitters. And you know who directed? You know who directed the Prince of the Prince of Egypt? I will tell you, Scott Schwartz, Stephen Schwartz's son, done a couple shows on Broadway. He's done maybe two or three shows at TheaterWorks also. I saw his first show that he directed at TheaterWorks which was uh, after, it was called My Antonia, named after, I believe it's a novel. Now, this Prince of Egypt, this thing's pretty darn polished already. They're not going to go the usual route of doing tryouts and tryouts and then bringing it to Broadway and praying that it succeeds. What they're going to do is uh, bring the show, once it's finished here in... Mountain View at TheaterWorks. They're going to take it over to the Dutch theater company called Frederick Theater. Apparently, that's a big-time theater in Dutchland, otherwise known as Netherlands. Did you know that? Dutch and Netherlands are the same. Don't be embarrassed if you didn't. Americans, we don't know geography. Geography. Um, and I think that... Th- Uh, Two or three of the actors are going to go as well. I know that the lead actor speaks Dutch, the one that was playing Moses at TheaterWorks, because he's from the Netherlands. Um, And I think there might be one or two others, because I think that three people from the cast I read somewhere are going to go over to the Netherlands and do the show in April. But maybe they're not going to speak Dutch. I think they're going to have... Uh, two casts. Uh, there, there's going to be a cast that does it in English and a cast that uh, does everything in Dutch, speaks all the words and sings all the songs in Dutch. Uh, I'm sure there will be a lot of overlap with especially the English cast. Now, I mean the Dutch cast, a lot of them can probably speak English. Okay, let's talk about the show. First of all, the choreography by Mr. Sean Cheeseman. Sean Cheeseman. Don't know who he is, but holy crime and holy, this guy nailed it. I was absolutely blown away and impressed by this choreography. It was so physical, and everybody had to be in such incredible shape and strong. They actually played parts in the show they, they became the burning bush that Moses talked to they they became animals and they, and to do this they had to lift each other up and hold themselves in these incredibly difficult poses for long periods of time they, these people were in shape these young people man it may it must have taken a while to cast this show um the choreography was just top notch top Notch. I will never get the burning bush out of my mind. How can I explain this? I wish I could show you a video, but I can't. I'm talking into a Rode microphone. The whole ensemble clumped together in the middle of the stage and did all these movements like they were fire. And then the people would shoot out like flames as they were holding each other's legs. And, and, and sometimes they would try to grab Moses. And it, it was incredible. I wish, I wish, I hope I explained that well, because I have never seen anything like it. 
the staging of the show, the scenic design by was done by a guy named Kevin Depinay or Depinette or something. It was very sparse, but hugely effective. It was, um, there was, there was the stage and they built a, a platform that looked like a torn piece of papyrus that everyone played most of the scenes on top of. And then there was also a, a sort of identical torn piece of gigantic papyrus, papyrus or whatever you call it, paper above them on which they would project uh, faded images, whether they were in a temple or outside or something. It was really cool. And the lighting designer, the lighting designer was a character in this show. His name is Mike Billings. His lighting was amazing. I have always said that lighting, good lighting, can often make or break a good show. I mean, it can make a good show great, good lighting. If you have good lighting like they did, you don't need to have elaborate sets. You don't need to have anything elaborate because the lighting can do it for you. And that's exactly what happened. Um, the lighting helped to designate place, mood, everything. And when they had the, uh, the splitting of the Red Sea, when Moses commanded the Red Sea to part so that his soldiers could escape the Egyptians... They used these incredible white cloths as the sea and the lighting on these cloths was amazing. And they had some wind or something. And you really felt like the sea was parting. I felt like I felt wind blowing on me. I didn't. It, it, I was lost in this thing. Top notch. Now, if this makes it to Broadway, they'll probably build an elaborate set and it'll be incredible and it'll even make it better. But you know, Theater Works has money. I think they have an $8 million budget. But uh, to to build that kind of set for this show, which was already a very difficult project, would have cost a lot of money. So I like the way they did it. I always like minimal staging myself anyway, as long as the acting and singing and dancing are top-notch and the lighting is great. I love minimal staging. Um, back to Theater Works for a second. I just need to say something. Robert Kelly started Theater Works in 1970, and they performed in garages and parking garages and uh, in parks or wherever they could find any place to perform. And they quickly became very popular, and they just grew and grew and grew all the way up to now, where they have an $8 million budget, I need 40 to 60 employees. Uh, they're, a, they're big time. He is like the personification of the American dream, Mr. Robert Kelly. So I just needed to mention that, because uh, it's not often that you see something happen in such a... In a uh, uh, in such a, a dedicated way, a person so dedicated to something that their dream actually becomes complete reality, you know? And he did that, and so I need to give kudos to him. Um, I would like to talk about two actors specifically. Don't you love the sound of these pages? Here's some more pages. <laughs> All right. The... Uh, 
there were so many great performances in this show, but I cannot talk about everyone. So I'm going to talk about the gentleman who played Moses and the young lady who played Zipporah, his wife. Now, the guy who played Moses has a name that I don't think I'm going to say correctly. In fact, I know I'm not going to. But here goes. Dilukshan J.R. Atnam. Dilukshan J.R. Atnam. That's probably so wrong. He is of Tamil descent, which means his family was either from Sri Lanka or India. But he grew up in Dutchland, Netherlands. This guy's been a musician since he was a little kid. And apparently also in an interview, I read a perfectionist. (laughs) Um, This is his second professional, professional role, his second professional role on stage. In fact, it might be his second professional role ever, his second role ever. Um, He played in the Hunchback of Notre Dame at the Frederica Theater in Netherlands. So he has connections there, which is probably why they're going to be, why TheaterWorks is going to bring this to the Netherlands in April. He probably, I'm guessing, arranged it. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence. But he played um, in the Hunchback of Notre Dame. He was uh, King Kloppen. That's all he did before this show. In musical theater, professional music musical theater. Now, let me say, he just did graduate recently from one of the best performance schools in the world, which is the Danish National School of Performing Arts, world-renowned. So he got a good education, but he is one talented dude. Let me tell you, perfect voice, great actor, unbelievable energy, had me in the palm of my hand. It just blows me away when I see a young guy like that with very little experience make it look like he's been doing it for 50 years. You hardly ever, ever, ever see that. The other person I'd like to talk to, so my kudos to, what is his name? Deluxe. He needs Deluxean. He needs to change his name if he wants to become a movie star. Deluxean, if you happen to listen to this, which I'm sure you won't, uh, <laughs> get yourself a good uh, movie star name so we can see you in, on the big screen. All right, uh, Brennan Lark, who played his uh, wife, who played Moses' his wife, Sapura. I hope I'm saying that right, Sapura. Whoa. Charisma, 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 charisma. Yeah. This girl, when she walks on stage, this woman, I should say, although to me, she's a girl. That's all you can look at. You can't look at anything but her. She's so cute. She can dance incredibly. She is an amazing singer. Her acting is just draws you in. It just draws you in. I saw her and I didn't realize this until I read the program. I saw her in Les Mis just a couple years ago on Broadway playing Eponine. And I remember specifically leaving that show just enthralled with her performance there as well. So remember this girl, Brennan Lark, this woman, excuse me. She's also a recording artist. She just released a new single, Tiptoe, 
which I listen to. It's not really my kind of music. It's sort of hip-hop-y, sort of, I don't know. But, you know, it's good. It's just not my style. But she, um, she's going to be big time, people. Brendan Lark. And so is going to, so is Delukshan Jaharatatanam if he changes his name, because no one in this country is going to have any idea how to say that name. But my hat's off to him, to those two. And oh my gosh, there was a, there was one uh, local professional actor in the show who I also know, Carmichael James Blankenship. He was in the, uh, the chorus, um, he could have he could have played Moses. He would have been good. But, you know, when you do a big show like this, I just I'll just say it. Uh, usually they want to they want to get people from out of town. <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but Theater Works needs to have a lot of donors and need a lot of money coming in every year. And it makes them look more legit if they have mostly New York actors or some incredible guy from the Dutch School of Performing Arts. Uh, if you just put some local schmo on the, on the, up there, even though he might be amazing, uh, that doesn't help bring in millions of dollars. So there you go. And there's some really cute little kids in the show. Of course, they were all amazing singers. Often if you go to community theater, the kids can't sing, but these kids could sing. It was just an all-around fantastic show. Now, it's about the book of Exodus. And so some of you might know that. Um, many of you Bible thumpers out there. And the book of uh, Exodus in the Bible is violent. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's about slavery and all this stuff and the Egyptians enslaving the Israelites. But God gets them back. God gets them Egyptians back. You know what he does? He instructs Moses. No, he tells Moses that he's going to kill the firstborn of every Egyptian, even slave Egyptians, even washerwomen, even the firstborn of their cattle. And Moses oh, feels extreme guilt over this and does a whole song and a whole scene. And I had to put that in there. Otherwise, Moses would have looked like a really bad dude for conspiring with God to commit mass murder. Um, the other thing that's really cool about this show is they recognize that this musical has a lot of potential all over the world because the book of Exodus tells the story of the Egyptians and the Jews. And, uh, and there are people of... I think every major religion, except maybe Hinduism, have pieces of their heritage in this in this book, in the Bible. And so the cast represented all, all races, dark, white. I don't know if there were any. Yeah, there, yeah uh, Asian. You know, uh, Mr. Dilakshan is Asian. He's from India. Uh, mixed race. There was one guy that was super, super Caucasian, had a lot of glare coming off of him. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Um, so they want to make this like a worldwide phenomenon, and I think it can be. And I think this is the best choice. As I said, not going to Broadway with this right away is, I think, genius. And I need to say that the helmsman of this ship, Scott Schwartz, was an excellent director for this show. He... 
really pulled this whole thing together and made it something special. So hats off to Scott Schwartz. Hats off to that man. It's just a good show. If you uh, if you live around here in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, this is going to let's see. How, how, here's the paper again, folks. Don't you love the sound of paper on a podcast? You know, I don't care because I'm alone here. I don't have any production assistance. I don't have all that stuff. You can't believe how much time this takes. Okay, so I don't care if you don't like the paper. Learn to love the paper. This thing runs until, let me, let me check. It's closing this Saturday, October 28th, so you don't have much time left. You better get on a plane and fly over here, or if you live here, get yourself a ticket if you can. When I went, there weren't many tickets left. I get free tickets because I'm in the union. Well, I could pay, but I don't want to because I'm a cheap bastard. I leave the B off. And so I sat up in the front row. But but my 100-year-old next-door neighbor happened to be sitting right next to me. That's right. Sid, 100 years old. Isn't that right, Foxy? That's my dog. He's 100, huh? 100. She's being quiet now. Usually she barks. 100 years old. There he was. Son of a gun. Um, otherwise, if you don't come here and watch, you're going to have to get a, a flight to the Netherlands in April or just wait till it comes back, which might be a long time. So do it now. Well, thank you for listening to this week's In the Green Room with me and my microphone and my dog, Foxy. Hey, Foxy, say hello. Woof. You want to play? Want to play? Want to play? Do you want to play? Ruff? Bark! Speak! There you go. That's a little speak. Good dog. All right. Until next week, you take care of yourself. Go to my website, RayRenati.com or the website for this podcast, which is raisegreenroom.com. If you'd like to be on this podcast, there's a little form you can fill out there on raisegreenroom.com. If you want to be a guest, check that out. And I also have a Patreon page if you'd like to throw me a few bucks. This thing costs money. It costs me tons of time. I don't have any sponsors at the moment. So Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, Raise Green Room, or In the Green Room, In the Green Room, Patreon, or go to my website, send me an email, I'll give you all the information. You can send it to raisegreenroom at gmail.com, R-A-Y-S, greenroom at gmail.com. All right, that's enough babbling. So until next week, my friends, I will see you on the boards. Take care. Just one more thing, everybody. If you could leave me a rating and a review on iTunes, it would be so helpful. I just read somewhere that ratings and review on iTunes... Uh, can really help a podcast uh, become a lot more popular pretty quickly. So if you can go in there and do that, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks.